Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hi, friends, and welcome to episode 87 of the show. Today, we're going to answer your questions. In fact, guys, um, here's here's my plan, okay? So... <laughs> Right now, um, we, we've hit a situation here, okay? You know, and this is something that's exciting and good and bad and, and all kinds of things at once. So, um, as many of you guys know, I put out this podcast twice a month and I answer your questions here. Uh, I answer the questions that come in through learnstagelighting.com slash contact, as well as occasionally people um, will reply to the emails that, that the website sends out. And uh, those come to the same inbox and uh, get sorted as well, as well as comments on learnstagelighting.com. Come, and we answer them here on the show about twice a month, and uh, it's fun, it's interesting, it's good. However, um, it's gotten to the point where where are we at right now? Where I'm answering questions from uh, late November, from about exactly two months ago. I'm answering today on the show, and so actually, when this comes out, it'll be over two months ago. And I don't like that, right? Because um, what I want to do and what I've always wanted to do with Learn Stage Lighting is be able to be responsive and help people when they need help within a reasonable time. Like, like I think for, you know, for somebody who's, who's reaching out and asking a question and getting a response for free or, or cheap, right? You know, which this podcast is, you're not paying for this right now. Um, you know, I think then, okay, um, you know, a few weeks to a month is great. But a full two months or more, that's not acceptable, right? I, I can't, you know, if, if I'm going to take that long to answer your question, I might as well not answer it at all because that's a really long time and, and I don't like that. So um, so what I'm going to do here is um, that was a long intro leading up to exactly this, which is that um, we're going to go ahead and make the hard decision to cut off um, answers through the contact form. Okay, guys. And what we're going to do is move it over to Patreon. Now, I've talked about Patreon before, and I'll talk about it again. And it's a site where you're able to support Learn Stage Lighting, support the free content we're doing on YouTube and here on the podcast and, and all that, and and help us to grow. And so um, we, we've got some patrons on there, but truth be told, it's, it's not super um, popular. And so what I'm going to do basically is... Um, I'm going to answer the questions that have come in through the inbox, and I'm going to do it over the next few podcasts. We may even may even kind of up the ante and start doing podcasts a little more often here. We'll see. Um, it, it just depends on time because um, there's been a lot, a lot of my play lately. People have been asking, um, yeah, we had a baby um, a few a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I think it was two weeks ago now. I'm not really sure because I'm tired. My head is kind of pounding uh, and, you know, I can't see straight. I've moved to a new office. Um, I've got some projects going for some of the manufacturers in our industry. And, you know, it's one of those things where um, in, when you're running a, a small business and, and working by yourself, and I, I like to give you guys um, a little bit of look into the day in the life here on the podcast. And when you're, you're running a small business like this, you know, you, you get going and you get working with people and you get projects and you talk to people about, you know, projects they want to do and, and you start fleshing out details and sometimes it, it takes a while for things to really come to fruition for both sides to be ready to go and get everything together and be ready to say, all right, now we're doing the project, right? And so, of course, right now, right after we've had a baby and I'm literally moving my office, I literally started yesterday, 
I'm in my new office here. I literally have a desk set up with my computer. There's tools on the floor because I have to finish the trim, uh, as well as a few other things in this office. There's my desktop that I'm getting used for shooting the videos um, is sitting on sawhorses being stained. And so we're in full on like uh, survival mode here in the sense that, you know, I've got the basics set up here. Uh, I'm not able to shoot videos yet, but at least we can get some podcasts done. And we can start going on getting some of these questions answered that have really been backing up. So um, so I might go weekly, honestly, for the podcast, uh, depending on time here. I'm going to try to go weekly over the next few weeks and just get these questions answered. And then once I, I make it through all these questions that have come through the contact form at learnstagelighting.com slash contact, we're going to have to cut that off. And we're going to have to make it just for patrons, okay? Now, on Patreon... You can support us with just $3 a month, okay? Just $3, and and that would be your ticket to be able to ask questions that will be answered here on the show. And the great thing about this is like, okay, the threshold is super low here, right? Because you can literally go in, you could become a patron for one month and pay only $3 and then cancel it. I, I don't care. And ask your question. And then instead of right now, where it's over two months that you have to wait for an answer, um, because we've just gotten so backed up with so many questions and, and this site has become very popular and it's wonderful. Um, it's a huge blessing. But I want to give you the quality and the quality answers and I want to give it to you in a reasonable time. And so, you know, you pay $3 or $3 a month. You can ask questions and then within a few weeks, maybe a month at most, we'll answer those questions on the show. In fact, I'll make that part of the promise. Like, hey, you know, with the patrons, at least um, for now, you know, and, and this should be doable for quite a while. We'll answer your questions on the show within a month. You know, ding. And so I think it's a great alternative. Obviously, um, we've got Learning Stage Lighting Labs, which is so much more in-depth and we can get into much more detail with you. But of course, there's there's more cost to that. You know, it starts at, um, if you go yearly, it is uh, $240, which is $20 a month, I think, if I can do math in my head. Again, you, normally I can do math in my head, but we just had a baby and I'm tired. So... Anywho, guys, that's the format change. Um, I'm going to stop blabbering on about this, so hopefully we didn't lose y'all by now in the show. But I just want to explain it and explain the heart behind it and the reason that we're doing it this way, that I've chosen to do this. Because ultimately, you know, I want to be fair and I want to provide you guys with as much value and just as much benefit as possible. But to me, and I think to those of you who have written in, because some people will write in, you know, two times, three times, four times, etc. Um, before I get to their their question, um, you know, I think two months is not acceptable for somebody who writes in. And so I would rather make it just a slightly premium thing where you just pay a couple dollars a month, and then you know we're gonna we're gonna make it so we can answer your questions here on the show. And so, um, you know, and, and there, there's higher tiers where you get more stuff and, and really great stuff. So um, I, I'm going to really recommend joining the Patreon because um, like I said, over the next few weeks, I'm going to clear through all these questions and then we'll be on to just patrons and I'm going to update um, the contact form. I'll update all the stuff to, to explain it as we get into it. This is, hey, you know, this is no longer a place for general questions. Unfortunately, you know, I want to answer stuff. I want to do it at a high quality and here's how we can do it through the Patreon or through Learn Stage Lighting Labs. And you never know. Um, we might even, actually, when we go to kick it off, I'm just bouncing ideas right now. But when we go to maybe kick off the switch over to the Patreon, uh, maybe we'll do a free trial of Learn Stage Lighting Labs with every every patron that signs up. You know, would that be cool? Um, I think it would be. Let me know what you think. Um, you can always fill out the contact form for that at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. But for now, 
let's answer these questions, why don't we? Um, so, let's see. James writes in and says, Hello, I beg to send me solutions and ideas of how to deal with church and stage lights and how to repair them and even stadium lights. Thanks so much. All right, James. Um, you know, this is really vague. Um, honestly, this is, I don't know if this is something I can even answer on a podcast. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to repair lights and it's really going to depend on what you've got. And so, um, ultimately, you know, my recommendation would be to find somebody in your local area that can maybe give you some guidance. Um, unfortunately, without knowing, are we talking about, you know, conventional lights, LED fixtures, moving lights? Uh, it's really hard to answer. All right. But thanks for writing in. Lane writes in and says, I have a Light Shark LS1 and would like to know how to assign faders 1 to 5 to control the dimming of groups of lights. I've seen you do it in your videos, but I'm struggling to figure this out. Cheers, Lane. All right, Lane. So you've got your Light Shark LS1, you're booted into it, and you've got your lights patched, right? You've patched, maybe you've patched five lights or five groups of lights. Um, maybe there's five different types of lights. Okay. So all we're going to do here is really simply. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and this is, if you want to control intensity alone on faders, this is how I would do it, is just go ahead, um, take that first set of lights, okay, clear everything out, stop all your cues that are in the console, and then take that first set of lights that you want to be on fader one, okay? Bring up the intensity as well as open up the shutter or strobe or anything that needs to happen so that you get the light to output, Okay, don't press the find key for this, um, because with moving lights, that's going to give them a position, and we don't want that in this queue. Okay, then press record, press it to that first fader. Boom. Now you're done. Now, with the default settings, you'll be able to bring that fader up and down and to control that intensity, but the shutter will fade in as soon as you bring that up, which is good, because that'll open up that shutter if, if your light happens to have one. Okay, then, again, you know, rinse and repeat after that, right? Go to the second group of lights. Bring up the intensity to full. Uh, bring up open any shutter or anything, strobe channel if there is one that needs to be open uh, for the light to work. Boom. Record. Put that on the second fader. And, and on and on and on. All right. So it, it's pretty simple. Um, again, if you need more help like everything on this show, um, Learn Stage Lighting Labs is the place to really get things done. Micah writes in. Let's see. All right. Uh, never mind. We answered Micah. Um this was a little more in-depth than possible, so, so I did refer him to the labs. But Alex writes, um, I've watched a number of videos on your channel about DMX stage design and have recently started doing installations in nightclubs in Manchester, UK. Awesome. Um, having a bit of trouble with the end of this project. Okay, so he's using a Stairville DMX dongle. I assume this is a USB uh, dongle to run four moving heads, a strobe, and a 32-channel DMX controller that powers the roof spotlights that we repurpose to be individually addressable. Okay, I'm guessing that's some sort of, um, like, LED RGB or something. Okay. Everything works fine for a while, and then the strobe went on full power, and everything past it does not receive uh, DMX signal properly. I think the signal is flickering, so they cannot be controlled properly. After turning everything off and replugging, the same thing occurred there, and after a while, some of the fixtures stop and the roof lights come on. Wonder if you could help or offer any advice. Yeah. So my top advice here, especially if you're working with a laptop, but this happens on desktop computers too, is um, go ahead and, and check your USB sleep settings. Just Google it for your operating system, whether that's Windows, you know, 10, 8, or 7, or Mac in, in your version. Um, and Google USB sleep or USB power saving settings, okay? 
Because by default, especially on laptops, you're going to find that the USB is going to go to sleep or, or reduce power after some period of time if uh, nothing's basically coming from that USB device. But this is a output-only device, so nothing's ever coming from that device, and this creates the conflict where sometimes um, the laptop or desktop will kind of sleep that USB port or reduce the power, and then your USB dongle may be freaking out, okay? If that's not the case, then start trying to remove some of your fixtures from the chain that you may think are causing the problem. Maybe try, you know, removing the strobe from the DMX chain just as simply as unplugging the DMX input and output on the back of that unit and plugging those plugs together, plugging the um, the cables together so it bypasses that strobe. You know, try it with every light and see if move, removing one of the lights solves the problem. If that's the case, um, if you've already checked the USB settings, then uh, then there's something funky going on with that unit, whether it's um, thinking it loses you DMX and it decides to go in some sort of automatic mode or something like that. Um, again, you know, tough to figure out exactly without being in front of it, but I think um, I think that might be what you really need to look at to, to figure this out a little better. All right, let's see here. Whoop. Next email. Brent writes in, I live in India where I use Ableton Live to run backing tracks while also playing keyboard with a four-piece band. I've been interested in adding another lane of automation that can be sent out to lighting rigs of shows we play at. Uh, but there's different rigs in every venue. How do I go about reassigning a lighting rig so I can have the same effect irrespect, irrespective of the number of lights? Um, no matter what, we want to make it work. So, so Brent, to, to do this, you're going to need to use a professional-grade console. Here's why. Um, while I love consoles like Ntex DMXs, mm, great piece of software, and there's other consoles that we can integrate with Ableton and get uh, control, they're never, those consoles are, are pretty simple and they really don't give you the ability to, um, they really don't give you the ability to be able to, uh, to switch out fixtures or do what we call clone fixtures, which is where you basically take a show file. Say you've got this file, you've got some lights in it. Maybe you've got some moving lights in it. You've got some LEDs, you got some other stuff that you got a mix of stuff. And, you want to go ahead with that show file and um, and say, okay, I've got these lights in my file. I've got these lights at the venue, these other lights at the venue. I want to copy everything from the lights in my file to the new lights that are at this venue and make it happen. Okay, that's called cloning. And that's something that you're only going to find in a professional grade console. Okay, I recommend Onyx and I love it a lot. Onyx also can uh, be triggered by MIDI. So what you would basically do is you would have your band, you would program a show, I'd probably use the demo file in Onyx once you learn it. Um, and then you would program out cues in Onyx for all of your lights. Okay, using presets as well. Um, that's a little more complicated but to go over in a podcast, but it's going to help you a lot. Then, every day when you get to the new venue, you find out their patch. You find out what lights they are, where they're patched, and what modes they're in. You go ahead and you do a, a save a save as basically in Onyx and you make a show file for just that day. Then you patch in the lights. Okay, you make it you, you get you verify that you have control when you test them. And then you go into Onyx and you clone them. And you take the existing lights that you had in your file, and you take the new lights and you match stuff up. So like I said, you know, you may have back lights, you may have front lights, and you had moving lights and stuff like that. And you match those all up in your file 
with the ones that are in the actual rig. You clone it. Then once you clone it, you can go through, check everything, and see, okay, everything works as it does, and then you're able to go off with your show. But when you use cloning and you use presets in a program like Onyx, that's going to give you the ability to do this. Now, it's going to take some a little bit of time, okay? You know, you're not going to be able to walk in and just do this in five minutes. There's no software that can do that. But this will definitely give you um, that option to, especially if you can get from the venue the information ahead of time, and some will give you that info, some won't. Um, some just, you know, literally don't know it. Um, but if you can get that info ahead of time, that will definitely speed you up. Awesome. Jamie writes in and says, Hi, I really want to build a lighting setup for my band using some DIY pixel tubes that I'm planning to build. I'd like to sync these tubes with the click track in my DAW so we can perform to click along with the Taylor light show. I want to program each tube individually and have different patterns running through them. Uh, I have no idea where to begin and I found your YouTube videos, so I thought uh, I might be able to get someone like you to teach me. Um, absolutely. So, Jamie, I think I wrote to you. Oh, and you did join the labs. Awesome. And so basically, uh, you know, the way to walk through this, just to answer your question here, even though we went ahead, um, even though we went ahead and kind of answered you um, in the labs, I just want to go over kind of my process here. So you're going to need basically a pixel controller and you're going to need a program to control your lights. Now, Depending on how much control you want and what lights, you know, you might be able to get by with NTX DMX's software or like uh, the guy we were just talking to, was it uh, Brent? Yeah, Brent. You might have to move up to a professional grade console like Onyx. You can program all your stuff in and then um, you'll be able to uh, sync that up with your DAW. Again, you know, it's one of those things where we really have to decide before you you commit to a, a particular console, you got to decide, okay, how much complication do you want to get out of this? How complex do you want to be able to program things? Um, how often do you want to reprogram things, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to keep it simple, you know, DMXs may work great and it's a lot easier to learn than something like Onyx. But if you want to do some really complex things, then you really can't, um, you really can't go wrong with Onyx. All right. And there's other consoles in the middle as well. Awesome. So that answers Jamie's question. Next, all right. As you can see, I'm on, yeah, I'm on email 28 of this inbox of uh, 31. So Yano writes in and says, I'm a big fan of your online courses and I learned a lot by watching them. Thank you. I currently have a big problem with my setup. I use Onyx in combination with an Alation MidiCon. In order to uh, output DMX, I'm using an NTEC DMX USB interface. Let's see. With Onyx, I send Ardnet data, which via a Ardnet converter outputs the DMX over USB. I'm using Freestyler to do that. Um, the problem is none of my fixtures respond to DMX, though the Ardnet to DMX software tells me it is. I've used this setup multiple times in the past. It's always worked running Martin MPC, but with the newest version of Onyx in my work, do you have any idea what might cause this problem, um, Yano? All right, Yano, so first of all, um, just a few things to walk through. If you were on a beta version of Onyx, one of the new beta versions that's about to come out and be released into the wild, then um, then there was a problem there with um, using Artnet within the same computer. Okay, so that that problem did exist um, and it was known, and so that could be the problem that you had. Um, other than that, you know, I'm kind of I'm not sure what your problem is after that. Um, hopefully, hopefully you get it figured out. But my best guess is that 
you had one of those versions, one of those beta versions, uh, maybe even the last release version of Onyx, I honestly don't remember, where there were issues with ArtNet streaming into the same computer using a loopback uh, that uh, that might look like what you had there. All right, next, Stan and Sean write in. They say, okay, we've got Dual Universe D-Pro, D-Pro uh, 2 Universe Edition, with two APC-40s and one APC-20 that we are hoping to use for programming buttons and faders for all our fixtures. However, we're finding that the 40 and the 20 have the same button addresses on each unit. Is there a way to make each board different? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's going on here is uh, when you've got them in the same mode, which you do, um, basically the APC-40 and 20 are going to have the same button addresses because it's how Ableton, or Akai rather, set it up to work in Ableton Live. They set it up so that um, these two units basically work the same way, and you would get one or the other, but probably not both. Okay, the issue can becomes uh, when you're using lighting and you're like, hey, you know, I think it would be fun to have the full size and then uh, one that's not the full size because the 20 is basically the 40 without the programming side. It's just like the playback, the button grid, and the faders, if I remember correctly. And so what you got to do here is um, you're going to have to reassign some MIDI. And it gets a little messy, but for something like D-Pro, it's the only way to make it work. And so what I would look at is uh, a program called Bohm's MIDI Translator. Just type that into Google. I'll have a Kari link to it if you just type in B-O-M-E-S MIDI Translator. Uh, the first thing that comes up is that exactly. Look at the MIDI Translator Classic, Okay. And uh, you can download a trial of it, and it's pretty inexpensive. And basically what this software allows you to do is get in there, you know, you look at the manual, and you're able to convert MIDI. Uh, maybe you just take one of the units and run it through the MIDI translator, and you you basically take one of them and just shift it to some different MIDI notes so that instead of being the same uh, exact MIDI code that it's sending to Deepro, it would be something different. And then, so basically one of your APCs, say the 40, would show up um, in, would show up in Deepro as APC 40. And then the other one, you would run through this Bohm's program. Um, and this should work. Again, they have a demo version and then it's like 30 bucks uh, to buy if it works for you. But, um, but basically it would show up as Bohm's MIDI or whatever you called it. And, and then you would be able to have them both independently. So uh, I'm about 90% sure, 95% sure that it does work. Um, actually, oh yeah, you can use it free for, quote, personal use. Um, it just will talk tell you about it every time. And so um, you could totally download that, play with it, see if, if it's going to do what you need. Um, it, it just might. And then you should be able to get those different. Awesome. Next question is uh, Radha Krishna. Hi, David. The controllers in our museum use MIDI to control our dimmers. All these pieces of equipment have been out of production for years and are hard to come by. The critical ones are the MIDI dimmers that can go bad. If we want to keep the controller, what's your suggestion to replace the dimmers? Are MIDI converters like MIDI to DMX or MIDI to NSI Microplex available? All right, Radha. Um, I got to tell you, this is going to get this is going to get tough. Um. What honestly, I honestly don't know if there is a MIDI converter that you're going to be able to get that's going to be of reasonable cost and that is going to work flawlessly to do what you do without being a major headache. Honestly, with these things being these mediumation um, dimmers, 
With these be- being a pretty old piece of hardware, um, I'm just going to Google it here because I'm not particular with this piece of hardware. Yeah, you can't find anything on this probably because, again, you know, I'm searching Google and I'm here in the U.S. Um, but, you know, I can't find any info on them. But with them being old and way out of date, I kind of think that you should probably just find somebody who's good at replacing and, and fixing electronics and have them refurbish these things. I mean, because my best guess is that with the dimmer, and you can you can tell me if I'm wrong, but with the dimmer, I mean, you can't, but you can. <laughs> with the dimmer, what's probably going bad is the, the actual um, SCR or the triad. What do they call them? Triax? No. I don't know what they call them. The actual electronic inside the dimmer that does the dimming. Okay, there's a few versions of these that work differently, but... All in all, they're pretty simple electronically. And so if that indeed is what's going bad, as opposed to the the circuit that converts the MIDI into dimming signal, um, of course, if it's that computer that's going bad, then you're kind of out of luck. But if it's not, I would get somebody in there who can just replace the parts that are going bad, you know, put new dimmers in there and and make it happy. Um, Because being that this is an older piece of equipment, it's probably fairly repairable. Um, and the pieces might be something you can find or, or sub something similar out. But so that'd be my best recommendation. Unfortunately, I think if you went with some sort of converter to try to convert the signal, I think you'd end up with a much bigger headache on your hands than if you just replaced it all. As frustrating as that sounds, um, I think that's going to be your best bet. All right. Stan writes in. Oh, see, this is what I'm talking about. Um, he... Uh, <laughs> He wrote the same question in again that he had before, so we're just going to hide that one. And then David, David Goodwin writes in, I love the love the lighting vids. I had seen, I wish I had seen the one that you did explaining console over PC DMX controller, my bad. Okay. I watched your videos on SACN. I have a scene setter, an Alation scene setter with a three pin one universe output. Then I have an eDMX1 Pro to the PC using SACN. This allows me to visualize the program in the console without having the lighting rig at home. Yeah. Is there a way to output the DMX that then goes to the lighting rig? Using SACN gives me four universes, so I guess I could add a second network jack or send Wi-Fi to a router than ODE. I understand your business, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so David, here's going to be my recommendation. The simplest solution here is to go buy a DMX splitter, okay? You can get an Entec D-Split, my, one of my favorite inexpensive ones, for like $130. And then you would just split that DMX 3-pin. You'd come out of the scene center, scene center into the DMX splitter and then split it. And then out of the splitter, you'd go into the uh, eDMX1 and then you could also go to the... Um, also go to the lights. Actually, yeah, because you have an eDMX1, that's a very simple um, unit. It's only got one universe of DMX on it. And so no matter what, it's going to be the simplest method is just to go ahead literally and, um, and, and get a DMX splitter and then you can hook both up. If you want to get more complicated than that, then, I mean, you could buy another eDMX1 or a similar um, network node Put it on the same network and have it output the same universe that, that you're inputting on the other EDMX1, and that would work. 
Okay, that would work. But it's a whole lot more complicated than just using a DMX splitter. So that would be my recommendation is to simply just get a DMX splitter and then you'll be able to go to the lights and go to the visualizer. No problem. All right. Christian wrote in, um, I'm really literally just starting to learn stage lighting, more specifically DJ lighting. My dad is a DJ and he plays more corporate gigs. He's looking to build a show that includes lighting. His plan for me is to use a MIDI instrument to play lights live while having the scenes play. Let's see. Um, I have multiple questions, but right now, as a dedicated person to play the lights, it seems like Show Express is my best option, um, or is there other software that may work better for me? All right. So, Christian, you know, in that mid-level world, um, Show Express is pretty top popular among the DJ crowd, and, and they've built, Chavez built a lot of stuff in there that's pretty DJ-specific. I will say that on a Mac, it's somewhat buggy. As opposed to a PC, it's better on PC. Um, and overall, it's not my favorite software, but for what you're doing, it's probably, you know, it, it would it would get the job done, honestly. Um, other ones to look at that I talk about is um, LightKey and also the standalone lighting console called the Light Shark, which gives you the, the bonus of being standalone, um, so you don't need a computer. You could just use a tablet to run things. But, you know, Show Express, it's not bad. Sure, it's ugly. Sure, occasionally it's buggy. And the thing that frustrates me the most about it is if you're going to patch different lights than you had before, but you or you move around your patch, but you use the same show file, things get really weird and glitchy uh, sometimes. And so, but I mean, overall, you know, for what you're doing, Show Express is good. I don't, I don't teach it. I don't cover it, but... But it gets the job done. It's got really good MIDI implementation. And so, yeah, I'd probably say you're you're on the best place for that. Um, if you want something that's a little slicker and easier to use, you could look at LightKey, the Mac version. Oh, I've got an article and a review on LightKey that we'll have Kari link to in the show notes. But, um, but you know, yeah. I mean, LightKey's good. It's more expensive than Show Express. Um, you pay yearly, but, you know, after a few years, you would have paid the same amount as Show Express. Um it's Mac only, so if you're not a Mac person, that's not going to apply. It's a lot slicker um, than Show Express, but at the end of the day, either will work fine. All right, thinking of Likey, Andrew writes in and says, In Likey, is it possible to map a MIDI controller to be able to control regular channels for lights? Uh, if I have RGB PARs, I want to have a fader for each color and be able to manually color mix. Is this possible? Um... Off the top of my head, Andrew, I think it is. Now, like I mentioned at the start of the show, I moved into my new office and I don't have my Mac set up yet. I'm primarily a PC guy. Uh, don't hate on me for that. And, and so my Mac's not set up yet, but I think it should be. You should be able to just go ahead, bring up only the red, um, and then create a fader for red. Then do a fader only for green and a fader only for blue. Um, what is going to get funny is controlling and fading up and down on the fader itself. But I think you should be able to make it work in the live tab. Uh, my best guess, off the, just off the top of my head, is that you would be able to, on your control panel, um, take it and have the fader control saturation, okay, instead of just intensity. And then make that red, that green, and that blue fader... And hopefully, I think they would mix together. My only concern is that LightKey 
um, likes to convert the colors into a hue saturation lightness, basically, where you're working with um, the full spectrum of color instead of red, green, and blue. Uh, and, and when it converts all that stuff together, it might not respect the fact that you want to be able to mix those couple faders together. Um, so give it a try. What I what I recommended there. I uh, wish I could help you more. And in, if you were in the labs, I'd definitely um, dive in there and dialogue back and forth with you a little more. But um, yeah, that's the best I can do right now without having my Mac set up. But I think you may be able to do it. It's one of those where I'm kind of like, it's 50-50 whether or not it's going to happen or not. And so I hope, hopefully it can work for you. But it's the software, truth be told, one of these things that I go over with people from time to time is that this software light keys is really not made to work that way. And so even if you get it working, anytime that you are basically trying to, um, anytime you're basically trying to make a console do something that it's not really designed to do it, um, it basically just, you know, it, it may work, but how well is it going to work? How smooth is it going to be? Well, we're not exactly sure um, how well that's going to go. So with that said, um, hopefully that works for you. But if not, well, the advice was worth what you paid for it. <laughs> Let's see. Awesome. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm from Barbados and would like to know where I can get stage lighting templates online so I can use them to set out lighting plans. Sure thing, David. Um, what I would do is I would go to learnstagelighting.com. And uh, look at my theater lighting posts. So if you go to the main website, I'll just kind of walk you through it. Go to then scroll, uh, click main site at the very top bar. And then go to topics, theater lighting. I've got an article in here called how do I create my first lighting plot? And we'll have Kari link to it um, in, in the show notes as itself. And this will walk you through how to create a lighting plot, how to find symbols and how to use some basic CAD symbol. Okay. Um, there's, there's some basic ones out there. You can draw your own. You can use some, you can even use a pencil with circles and squares and triangles. And I've done that a lot, honestly, to, to do different types of lights. So what I would recommend, David, is don't get caught up in trying to have the perfect symbol to make a lighting plan. Okay. You know, truth be told, um, in shows I've done in shows, other people have done in some of the biggest shows in the world, uh, the initial lighting plans and sometimes even the final lighting plans can be very rudimentary. You know, they can just be someone sketching out on a napkin, literally, hey, these lights here, those lights there, you know, using different shapes for each type of light. And that can make a great show. Don't feel like, because this this is something that was really tough for me when I was younger, is don't feel like it has to be this perfect piece of paperwork that looks like it came from a Broadway theater, from something professional. Because at the end of the day, if it gets the job done and if whatever you draw gets the point across to whoever needs to set up the lights, then it's a win. Then it works right. Then everything's good. And so that would be my encouragement to you is especially being in Barbados, you know, um, I don't know what the world of theater is like down there, but it's probably not as um, complex as here in the U.S. I would say, you know, just start with that. And if you are looking, uh, just out of curiosity, um, if you are looking for actual templates basically that you would trace to make different lights then i would do a, a google search for lighting field template okay and when you google that you'll see some websites uh, amazon has some other places where you can get 
these symbol, these little, they're basically a plastic page uh, that has symbols on it that, that you can use as a stencil and uh, for different lights. And so we'll, we'll link to that as well in the show notes. All right. Hugh writes, how can I control the house lights from my lighting controller? Well, Hugh, that is the question of the day. It all depends. And when I walk people through this, it's all about um, what house light system do you have? Okay. If you have a house light system that takes DMX, that is controllable via DMX from a, a regular lighting console, then there are some ways that we, we can run a DMX cable to it. Maybe it's got to be on a different universe, etc. But there are ways to get this job done. Okay. Um, but... You know, if your system's not DMX, then you're going to have more of a problem. Okay. And so uh, it's always, it's one of these things that it, it really, really depends on what, um, what you've got and how it wants to be controlled. Okay. Um, it's, it's not something I can just answer quick, but um, one, one thing that um, you really want to do is just look at the controller and one last little piece of information here is just that um, you need to go ahead and figure out if your controller can take DMX. Sorry, my mind is starting to wander. Ah, uh, this show's getting long. Um, but <laughs> you need to figure out if your system can take DMX. So, you know, find out what system you've got. Google it. Look at the manual. Call the manufacturer of the house lighting controller. So whatever box it is that that controls your house lights, call that person and see if it can have DMX. Sometimes it's an add-on. Sometimes it's already there. Or maybe, Hugh, you're talking about lights that you've just got on regular light switches. If that's the case, then you can find a DMX dimmer, talk to an electrician, and get the electrician to wire in the dimmer instead of the light switches so that you can control them from your lighting console. Then you would get a wall switch, um, a DMX-type wall switch. On the inexpensive end, there's one called the Springtree SM8, Springtree SM8. We'll put a link to that uh, on Springtree's website in the show notes. And um, the, this is a, a unit that you can put basically as a wall switch between your console and your DMX dimmer for your house lights. And that would then enable you to get to basically program some presets in there so that you'd have a wall switch for when your lighting console wasn't on. And then everything could work. Awesome. We're going to answer uh, two more questions. Maybe one more questions. Um, one more question. Kevin writes in and says, sorry, I have a lighting question. I hope you can help me with. I'm a solo hip hop artist and desperately trying to incorporate more production elements throughout my show in the form of video lighting and other effects. I'm wondering what the best way to do this is if I'm on stage and can't be monitoring as I perform. I'm sure there would be some heavy pre-programming cramming beforehand. I'm so glad you understand that. I'm Kevin, but I'm wondering what the best approach will be that won't come off corny and will allow me to focus on performing yes kevin all right so this is totally doable um basically the good news is you're already doing music right so you've got a baseline and being a solo hip-hop artist you've probably got some sort of backing track that's going to be running in your show and this is the first big step because the backing track gives us a consistency gives us the timing and gives us something that we can then trigger other show elements with, such as your video, such as your lighting, uh, and whatever other effects you'd want to add. And so 
You know, there's not a one-size-fits-all answer, Kevin, for this, okay? Um, there really isn't. You can use stuff like NTX DMXs for basic lighting. Um, there are other programs you can use for video. I think you can even bring in a video into Ableton Live. Um, it, it really depends as well as what you're using to run your tracks now. Are you using Ableton or are you using something else? Um, and then we, we start to look at, okay, how do we bring this together? So what are you using to play back your tracks? What does it support? Um, how, how can it trigger other things? And then you can start to, to put the pieces together, you know, add in lights, add in video software. Um, and at the end of the day, it really can be as simple as you walking into a venue, you know, setting up your lights, uh, setting up your computer, your video projector, pressing play, and it will all just work. But as you noted, the setup and the pre-program to get there, it, you know, it's going to take some effort. It's not just going to happen. Um, there's a lot of different options. Um, just on the simple end, we'll sketch something together for you quick. And take DMXs for some lights. If you have the lights, then it's the same lights every time. DMXs is the perfect software for this. Uh, Ableton Live to play the backing tracks. And I think, I think, think, think Ableton Live can play the music or else. Oh, actually, there's a new one I've been trying out. Okay. Which is called Live Tracker. And Live Tracker is actually really cool. L I V T R A K E R. Live Tracker is really cool because it allows you to do video and audio and lyrics and send MIDI messages over to lighting. Okay. So this is actually perfect for you is Live Tracker. Um, and we'll get you a link to it, but um, you can find it at livetracker.com. That's L I V E T R A K E R. That's the spelling. Um, and. You know, it's a really powerful little piece of software that will get this done for you and have it so that you can have a flexible playlist that you can move around, trigger all your stuff and be rocking and rolling. So check out Live Tracker for sure. Um, and that's going to get you going. That's really going to give you the tools you need to get started. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. We got through, okay, 10 out of 30. Not bad. And so we're, we'll really work on tightening these up and, and moving to a Patreon model. Uh, let me know what you think about it. Uh, because ultimately, you know, I want to do what you guys need. And I think right now, you know, what's going on is we're getting so far behind in the questions because there's so many of them that moving it to that patronage model where for just a couple dollars a month, you can ask a question, have an answer within the month. I think that's killer. So let me know what you think of that, of course. And then head over to learnstagelighting.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, link in the show notes to join us there. And even... As uh, we'll we'll do when I go to record the next episode, we'll go ahead on Patreon and I'll ask you guys first. I'll give it about a day ahead of time and I'll say, hey, what do you guys want to see? And we'll answer those first, even before the ones uh, backed up in the old inbox. Awesome, guys. I hope you guys have a great week. I'm going to personally go. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Get some lunch. Then uh, see how the baby's doing and maybe try to get my brain uh, refocused, get a little bit of sleep. So thank you guys so much for hanging out today and we will see you in our next episode.